Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, July 28th, 2023. I'm Mike Kachapoli. How are you? All right, we've made it to the end of the week, which is a good thing. And uh, we have a big Friday show on tap. A huge, a huge Friday show on tap. I say. No one else says it's a big show, but I'm telling you it's a big show. So I guess you just have to believe me, right? Just got to believe me. All right. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about Iowa. Iowa. You know, Iowa would be a fun place to be. It really would. Especially as we get into the fall and winter. I mean, think about it. You hang out in Des Moines and you're getting all these different, you know, candidates coming through and talking at cafes, at restaurants, at gymnasiums and all these different spaces. And it's a great place to see candidates live. I mean, if I want to see Ron DeSantis talk, you know, being in San Francisco ain't going to cut it. It's not happening. So... I, ne- I might need to go to Iowa. Anyone out there want to go on a road trip? You want to go on an Let's Be Heard road trip? Will we all go to Iowa and we hang out there for a while? I don't know. Maybe we can get that going. Of course, it's really going to be exciting. It's really going to be exciting come, you know, uh, January, right? As soon as the holidays are over, I believe the caucus would be two weeks after, like mid-January. That's going to be like full court press. It might be too crazy in January. But it seems like only in July and the candidates are there constantly. There are constantly events there. And there was another event held in Iowa earlier today, and the candidates showed up. Even his majesty himself, uh, Don John, showed up. And I'll have some clips to play. Um, And we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about some other stuff. At the end of the show, I have a film review of the film Talk to Me. And we'll do that. Uh, I expect, let's see, John Williams and the Boston Pops should be showing up about an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes from now. So I have to be, uh, you know, ready for them at that point. And uh, we'll have our Friday night film review. Um, road trip, Daniel. Yes, the and Let's Be Heard road trip. That's what we're going to do. We need to try to organize this. We'll try to organize. And you don't have to be a DeSantis supporter. I prefer if you're a DeSantis supporter. You can be a supporter of anyone or nobody. and uh, Or you can be open-minded. You know, the whole part of Iowa is to be open-minded and to listen to everybody. Go there and they talk. And the Iowans are very open-minded. That's why when it comes to polls, um, Iowa doesn't really matter this early because in New Hampshire is the same. That's why these early polls are ridiculous. These people are very open-minded. They're really into this. They get really excited about this stuff. So they are very open-minded, independent kind of voters, and they listen to the candidates. And that's how they decide who they are going to vote for. And there's a long way to go. It's only July. It's only July. Um, I was going through Twitter today, and there's a a, uh, a guy who calls himself Right Wing Dad. And he put up a photo of himself from 
let me see, 2016. He says early 2016. And it's a photo of him at a Trump rally. It's a really good photo. You got Trump in the background. You got those huge crowds he was getting in 2016, which he doesn't get anymore. Uh, and he has a Make America Great Again hat on. And he writes, a nice young guy. He writes, this is probably the one picture I regret most in my camera roll. This was early 2016, and Trump's message resonated with me and about 20,000 other people in Madison, Alabama. He promised to make America great again, and I thought he had an attitude as president <clears throat> while still having that edge of his. Well, I was wrong. Don't get me wrong. He definitely did some good things and was a lot better than a Democrat would have been, but there were also weren't better options back then. Now – 2024 Trump is in so much legal trouble, it's ridiculous. He lost the last election, caused Republicans to lose the House and Senate, and surrounds himself with scumbags and losers. His base is a cult who can defend absolutely everything he does and lie about everything they can. America has a better option this time, and that option is Ron DeSantis, hashtag DeSantis2024. And I wrote to him and I said, dude, don't be so hard on yourself. Really, don't be so hard on yourself. I voted for Bernie Sanders twice in 2016 and 2020. I went to those rallies that had thousands, tens of thousands of people. And, uh, and now, of course, I don't support Bernie Sanders anymore. I support Ron DeSantis just like he does. And I, look, we evolved. But also, we need to blame those people. We need to blame the Donald Trumps and the Bernie Sanders, the charlatans who are so good at lying. They're so good at projecting something that's not true that they they got us because people are looking for something in this country, right? People are looking for something, someone to believe in. And so there were many connections between Bernie Sanders and it was this we're the outsiders, we're the anti-establishment, uh, we're going to get rid of the deep state, this, that and the other thing, right? Out with the old and with the new, so on and so forth. And they both lied. They both lied. It's just the way it comes. And so we should blame them for being so good at doing that, that they fooled us, right? And uh, we should not blame ourselves. And you shouldn't feel bad. You should never feel bad where you were in life at a certain point because there's a reason why you were there. And as far as we're concerned, I'm concerned as having supported Bernie or, or this guy as having supported Trump, our heart was in the right place. We were at that place in our life for a reason, because we wanted someone who was going to do something differently. We were tired of politics as usual. We were tired of the usual <coughs> swamp creatures running things. So I believed Bernie twice, and he believed Trump, right? And now we're both DeSantis, and it's not an uncommon thing, okay? DeSantis is getting a lot of people who used to be Bernie supporters, who used to be Trump supporters, especially. He's getting them and he's getting more and more every day. And we're the people who are not polled. We are not available for polling. They don't know we exist. I, I'm listed as a Democrat turned no party preference guy who voted for Bernie Sanders twice. Why would they poll me in a Republican primary? This guy supported Donald Trump wholeheartedly. Now he's changed to to uh, Ron DeSantis. But this whole idea of beating ourselves up, you know, he said this is a, a, a photo he regrets. He shouldn't regret it. 
There was a reason in 2016 why he was there. Donald Trump promised to drain the swamp. Look, it's a great slogan. I thought it was a great slogan from the minute I heard it. I said, damn it, that's a great slogan. Why didn't Bernie? That's what I thought, by the way. Why didn't Bernie come up with such a great slogan? Drain the swamp. It was a great slogan, man. Really was. Make America again. Eh, it was a marketing device. It fit on a hat. MAGA. It fit on the hat. Unfortunately, that word MAGA sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds gross, like maggot. But Make America Great Again also came from Ronald Reagan. You know, Ronald Reagan used uh, that term. Ronald Reagan used that term. So um, it wasn't Donald Trump who came up with it. Although there was, a, okay, I'm not going to say he stole it. There was a long time in between. Reagan didn't use it the way Trump did, uh, the way Trump did, right? But anyway, that's also a good slogan. Make America great again. Yeah, great. Make America great again. Sounds great. Okay. But Donald Trump did neither. He didn't make America great again. He didn't drain the swamp, as we've talked about on this show, as Bill has talked about so many times. He just hired one swamp creature after another, Mnuchin, so on and so forth. Um, Shredded himself with generals, which is what a dictator does, not how you drain a swamp. Um, and, of course, he didn't uh, do that. He didn't build the wall. The other slogan was build the wall, right? Build the wall was a slogan, right? Didn't build the wall. Remember, build the wall and Mexico will pay for it. Never happened. Mexico never paid for a wall. He never built the wall. So he lied about that, too. So he lied about everything. He, had, he didn't keep any promises, there were no problems. Yes, you could absolutely make the argument that the economy was was better. It was. It was also before COVID, but it was a better economy. It was. We weren't. We didn't start any new wars like we did under Bush and Obama, right? Absolutely. Four years, no new wars. Total credit. So I'm not saying like this man just said in his tweet. I'm not saying there weren't things that. Trump did well. It was four years. You should do something well. We're so used to presidents not doing anything well that we're shocked that someone might have done a couple of good things in four months, in four years time. But he didn't keep those big promises, right, of making America great again, of, uh, of building a wall, of draining a swamp. He also said people seem to forget this. Lock her up. And he said in a debate two weeks before the election that you don't want me to become president because you know I'll lock you up. Remember that moment? It was a really good moment for him in that debate. Did he lock Hillary up? No. Did he even try? No. What he did was as soon as he won, he said, well, you know, it's over now. So he lied about that too. He lied about everything. And lock her up, prosecute Hillary, um, build a wall, make America great again, drain the swamp. He got votes. On all of those slogans and promises, he got millions of votes in 2016, and he lied about all of it. I'd be just as pissed if RFK Jr. won and didn't try to prosecute Fauci or if DeSantis won and didn't try it because they both said last week that they would. So these are promises, right? You have to keep those promises. You have to at least try. You have to at least try. He didn't try to prosecute Hillary. He didn't try. He didn't try to get Mexico to pay for a wall. He didn't try to drain the swamp, so he lied. But he promised these things, and people believed him. So why should we blame ourselves? We should blame the person who lied. 
When someone lies to you, you don't blame yourself. You blame yourself if you let them lie to you many times, right? Fool me once, shame on you, shame me twice, shame on you, so on and so forth. I guess with me, it's fool me three times because I let Bernie fool me twice. And many people let Trump fool them twice. But we're not going to let it happen a third time. And this guy is not going to let it happen a third time. He's going to vote for Ron DeSantis. So don't beat yourself up if you're in that same position. If you're like, oh, I can't believe I backed so on and forth. I can't believe I backed Bernie. I can't believe I backed Trump. There's a reason why you did it. And you had the right reasons. They had the wrong reasons. They were fooling you. Or they just got like Trump, just didn't have the ability to do what he wanted to do. He's a loser. He doesn't have the ability to do it. Right? He lost. He failed. So either way, either he lied or he failed, he doesn't get another shot. And so we have someone now in Ron DeSantis, and this is the point that a lot of non – obviously this good man in Alabama is a non-cultist. He's not a cultist because the cultists, like he said, his base is a cult who defends everything he says and does and lies about anything they can, right? And it's, it's on every single subject. As I have said, I think some of the – a lot of these charges – are politically motivated. They're piling it on. Okay. They wouldn't be doing it if he were just Donald, J Donald Smith. But some of it he's brought, he brought on himself. And some of these charges are very, very, very serious. They are serious. Some of this, uh, the stuff around the Mar a Lago stuff, he could go to jail for like 400 years. So these are major charges. Only a moron. Like Trump would try to make believe. I can't believe privately he's not worried that his lawyers aren't like, look, his lawyers, if they're worth anything, know that these are serious charges. Donald, Donald, baby, these are serious charges. You're charged with this stuff in New York and Washington, D.C. You're in trouble, man. Remember, these are juries that are going to hate him. There's no way Donald Trump gets a fair jury. How does Donald Trump get a fair jury? Or how would Joe Biden get a fair jury? How would any some how would any president get a fair jury? I think it'd be very difficult. Yet a jury they will get unless they plea bargain, and Trump will plea bargain. But it, it's to, to say the charges are not serious is like living in a fantasy world, and his cultists truly believe these are not serious charges. They believe he's protected by that. Act that ridiculous act they keep on quoting the 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 secret documents act the presidential secrecy act and it's not these Mar-a-Lago charges with these documents are not covered by that act these prosecutors are not that stupid they know the law they wouldn't charge him with this stuff if it was protected by presidential protection acts they know it's not. These are not protected. He's in trouble. And he knows it. And he's going to go up against juries that are very willing to convict him and put him in jail. So he's going to have to plea bargain. And one of the plea bargains is going to be that he's not going to run for president. And as I talked about in the show yesterday, the Democrats are going to try to set this up where the cult of Trump is so stupid, they will nominate him, and then he'll have to drop his candidacy before November. And the Republicans will be stuck with the, their thumbs up their asses.
the Democrats don't want this settled before the primary voting starts, right? Isn't his court case set for May? And that might even be pushed back now because of new charges. But the earliest, May, the voting starts in January. The primary should be over by then or almost over. This is what the Democrats want. And they know the cult can be used. They know the cult can be used to get him that nomination. And then he's going to have to plea bargain where the deal is going to be. He can't run. Then where are Republicans? I want someone to tell me where Republicans left in May, June, right before the convention when Trump can no longer run. Okay, maybe then DeSantis comes back. Maybe that's the way this crazy thing works. But it's not good. In other words, DeSantis is in a much stronger position if he just wins the primary, right? Not (laughs) has to be installed because the guy who wins the primary is a a convict or had a plea bargain deal. How is that going to help Republicans going against a Biden or a Newsom? It's not going to help them. It's only going to hurt them. You'll have a wounded Ron DeSantis, no fault of his own, instead of a strong Ron DeSantis. So when there was no other choice, right, when there was no other choice but Donald Trump, I could understand it. Or when the choices were Jeb Bush and Chris Christie and and even Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. I could understand not having being very excited about that prospect, especially Jeb. Who was, by the way, the front runner this time in 2015. That's what the poll said, right? That Jeb Bush was going to be the Republican nominee. He never got close. I think Ted Cruz got closer. So I understand that. But now there's Ron DeSantis. And in a little bit, I'll play some clips from Iowa where he absolutely kicked ass earlier today. He was fantastic in Iowa. And if I have the stomach for it, I might contrast some of the <laughs> absolute ridiculous bullshit. Trump was trying to peddle, a part of which was how he pronounces uh, DeSantis's name to make fun of him. This guy is not a serious person. Look, there are two reasons. And someone who's running, a guy named Will Hurd, have no idea why he's even running for president, was booed by telling the truth. But there was still enough cult people in that audience who showed up to see their cult leader that they booed him for simply telling the truth, which is that Donald Trump is running to stay out of jail. He wants to become president so he can stay out of jail. He doesn't want to become president to help the country. He wants to help his own ass stay out of jail. And in the meantime, he gets to raise money so he can spend that money on his defense fund, not his own money. So he's cheap and he's selfish. And that's why he's running for president. Will Hurd was 100% right. Republicans with a brain, independents know this. The cult does not. The cult thinks he loves them. And wants to help them. So Will Hurd was telling the truth. Johnny Joey Jones on uh, uh, on Fox News earlier today pretty much said that quiet part out loud. He said Donald Trump just has to win the race. That's how he gets all of this done and taken care of. And that's why he's running. He at least gets to raise money for another, what, 15 months, 16 months to help his defense fund. And hopefully for him, he wins. He's not going to. But if he did, you know, he'd be safe again for four more years for some reason. Still can't figure that out. He's a selfish man. He doesn't care about anybody. There's an alternative now. 
There's an alternative. His name is Ron DeSantis. And I'll get to his uh, comments in Iowa shortly. But first, let's go to uh, Daniel, patiently sitting there. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Okie dokie. I think you're preaching to the choir a lot here on Trump. Um, There's um, the whole cult thing. um, You're hammering that a lot. Mm -hmm. They do behave behave cult-like. But it's it's, um, it's getting kind of old. And... There's a lot old like Trump. Positive. You mean old like Trump? His age? Yeah, old like Trump. Because, well, if because you go Trump... away, I, I promise you something. I'll, let me make a promise to you, Daniel. If Trump goes away, I'll stop talking about it. Well, see, see that's the problem. Is is I think is it's not helpful. There's a lot of things to talk about. DeSantis and RFK. Um, there's a lot of untru- other interesting things that are going on in in politics and in the world, and. I just don't. I just don't think it's helpful um, to, to to dwell on the cult like aspects of of Trump followers. Um, after all, they are going to <coughs> have to vote, and um, you don't really want to alienate them. Well, it's, that's, it's, it's, wait a minute. Let me stop you there for one second. This is the arguments discussion we have every single. <coughs> presidential election cycle we do primary we don't want and it's it's both sides right it's it's republican and democrat when they have a primary too we heard this with hillary and bernie and and biden and bernie you don't want to alienate and the other side always shows up because they hate the other party so much because the two-party system is a cult system (laughs) you know it really is it's not just the trump cult i mean that's a very special cult but this two-party is a very cult-like thing. People vote within their cults 99% of the time. You and I are, you know, the exception here, and a few others, just because of the situation, the special situation we're in after COVID. But for the most part, people stay within their tribes, man. We can call them tribes instead of cults if you want a a different word because the word cult is getting boring. But that's what happens. Yeah, it's tribal, and there's a lot of people like you. They always come home. They always come home. Yeah. Well, well, they do. You know, they they may not come home with enough enthusiasm, and enthusiasm can. They'll be come home. They're not going to vote for Joe Biden maybe. or Gavin Newsom or Kamala Harris. Not going to. Maybe, maybe not, but but they could vote for an RFK if he's in it. Yeah, if he's in it, that's a whole different story, though. That's a highly unlikely scenario. But, you know, oh, did you see what happened today? The the Biden administration denied Secret Service for RFK. Yeah. um, It was incredibly rare. Usually presidential candidates get it. Yeah. That's that's just one of the many good things that that one could be talking about right now. There's um, I sent you a a text about a, a court case. Um, Jay Bhattacharya um, uh, tweeted about this. Uh, I can't remember the name of the court case. It's, I think, something like Casey versus California, where they are 
um, some students have gotten together and are suing the state for allowing their education to slip in such disarray. And so they're so far behind education-wise, and they're suing California. And apparently the California uh, State Education uh, um, Department, the Department of Education in California, is trying to prevent two researchers, I think they're from Stanford, from uh, testifying for the um, plaintiffs in this case. Um, they're trying to, it's, it's freaking unbelievable. Um so, so they do all this damage to students, students sue, and then what's the California, the state of California do? They try to hide. They try to hide the damage that they did. This is the people's information. This is the people's data that California gathers. This doesn't belong to the state of California. And rather, rather than admitting the damage that they did to so many children, especially low-income children, um, they're, they're trying to hide the truth. This is this is incredible. Yeah, it's no, just I, one it's, example. It's, it's just one example of the many things that one could be talking about. I know. I, know. I, I you know I try to talk about California politics a little bit, but especially as we go into the fall and winter, people are really going to be thinking about the presidential election. You know, it's not is the world. This is a, you know a, a national. This is actually a worldwide show. So I don't want to just talk. You know, I could I could I'm going to talk about San Francisco in a bit. I am. Let me talk about another case where well, I'm sure we've all seen the, the car that went off the cliff. Oh, yeah. The car yeah. that went off the a car. People were people were carjacked. The car was stolen. The people everyone's seen this video. It's been played millions of times. It's like an, out of a, a Clint Eastwood movie or, you know, bullet. And the car goes flying off this off off the curb. And it's an over. It's a little bit of an over. It's in the Castro. I actually lived about two about a, a block and a half from where that happened. I used to walk over there. I'm sure you've walked there many times. And the car went flying. And luckily, no one was walking below. Often people are on those stairs or walking below. No one was. Or they would have killed people. And the car crashes. Unfortunately, that they survive. Somehow that always happens. And, and they just left. They just scattered out of the car. They went running away. And of course, when they went running away, people knew... Oh, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> if these weren't crooks, they wouldn't go running away. And Brooke Jenkins has decided not to press charges. No charges. So evidently, yeah. it's, Ill it's legal in San Francisco now to carjack yeah. and then to drive a car off a cliff, nearly killing people and run away and, and destroy the car that you carjacked. And there's no charges. You get to you get to go kill someone else the next day. Yeah, I've got an idea for a new um, movie. Instead of calling it bullet, we can call it bullshit. Oh, boy. I don't know. Daniel, I'm afraid that the only thing that can help San Francisco is a major earthquake that splits the whole thing apart and sends it flying into the Pacific Ocean. The idea is you, I, and my friends, our friends need to get the hell out of here before it happens. Well, I live right near the wharf, so uh, give me some fair warning so I can figure out. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, I'll try not to bore you with the cult the rest of the show. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, I, I think you know, you should. I, I think that everyone should should follow DeSantis's lead, actually. And as I've said before, he's behaving as the big dog, and mm, well, Trump is, is the little chihuahua that's nipping yeah. at his heels and making all kinds of noise. And Trent and DeSantis isn't paying attention to him. Every once in a while, 
he acts like the big dog and just, you know, turns around and swats him. That's and, true. And, and, and that's the way I think you should behave rather than responding to the little chihuahua nips and chihuahua yips that um, that uh, the cult is doing. Just just be the big dog. Take 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 a DeSantis um, is, is all I'm saying on this, because he's setting he's setting a good example. And hopefully the strategy works. I think it will. But, you know, yeah. look, hey, look, there are some people who, and I understand it, want him to more directly go after Trump the way Trump goes after him to show he's not afraid of him. But I think I, I'm OK with his with the way he's doing it. I am. So I'm OK so with him hammering his message. And like you say, from time to time, taking a very clever shot, not a not a schoolyard shot the way Trump does, a very clever, high IQ shot at Trump. Yes. Yes, like my, my, my grandpa used to do. I think I mentioned this on your show that uh, my, my grandma, I love them both, but my uh, grandma would uh, just you know, handpack at my grandfather. Uh, it was just constant all day long. And, and he would basically just sit there and take it. And then maybe once a month, he would utter like five words that would just shut her up for three weeks. And then she'd start all over again. It was a cycle that went through her. Yeah, that, that's, that's, I think a lot of... Uh people can do that but let me ask you a lot of relationships have that dynamic but i think with trump what DeSantis also understands is that he's very likely to just self-implode yeah yeah I, I think if you just if DeSantis just lets trump talk he he's going to talk himself out of a candidacy and yeah. and he should just he should just allow it um, and that's what he, that is that's what he's doing um DeSantis has been right on every single issue. And the more, deeper that we get into 2023, when it comes to issues like COVID and school closures and lockdowns and forced vaccinations and masking and all that, and what it had done to our economy, um, especially in blue cities, it is going to become more and more apparent. I mean, and then you have these 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 cases like we just talked about um, having to do with um, uh, detrimental effects of lockdown on education. Um, mm -hmm. the, the deeper we get into 2023, the more of this is, is uncovered. I mean, <laughs> we talked about the other day about uh, um, troponin uh, components measured in the bloodstream of about 5% of people that receive the booster and 3.5% having, <laughs> having cardiac damage. Um, yes. <laughs> This, this is going to get worse and worse and worse. And as it gets worse and worse and worse, DeSantis is going to be seen as the person he was. Somebody that stood up for individual, somebody that stood up for science, someone that stood up for rationality, someone that stood up for compassion. When everybody else just jumped on the bandwagon of hysteria because they were afraid that they were going to be excommunicated from this tribe that we've been talking about. Um, mm. he, he behaved with integrity and it's going to become more and more apparent. So he should not get into the gutter at all with Trump. And that's what he's doing. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. No, I, 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 I do think I think Trump is trying to to uh, to get Santos to come down to his level. And he's not doing it. Yeah, and I think that's the smart oh, yeah. thing to do. He's not taking the bait. He's not taking the bait. There's no way in hell that DeSantis is going to take that bait. It doesn't matter no. what well, Trump does. He's not going to do it. Right. Which, uh, which DeSantis makes it, is, is, which makes is it, one of the smartest thinkers on his feet that I have ever seen in politics. And, and I'm not just talking about political smartness. I'm talking about just being a rational 
person, a person that um, that respects reason, a person that sees the power in reason when others are acting extremely unreasonable and irrational. He's somebody that's he's somebody that has real character, and and we don't see many people like that um, in politics. I think people are just going to see this more and more and more, and yeah. Stay out of the gutter. Trump wants to drag him, but he's not going. Yep. All right, Daniel. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Have a great night. All right. Yeah. You too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good point. I'm not. I'm not one of the Santas. I'm not running for president, so I can. I can go after Trump as much as I want. You know, and I think that's why it's essentially stupid for Trump not. To, well, there are many reasons why it's stupid for Trump not to debate. But also it makes it easier for DeSantis to just keep on this path, right? If Trump's not there nipping at him, it makes it so much easier for him to just, I mean, I, I, to just, you know, to talk about the facts and the issues and his successes and what he wants to do for the country, the Florida blueprint for the country, where I, I would think Trump would want to be there trying to throw him off his game. But he's running such a poor campaign that it makes perfect. I still think he's going to show up. I still look, it's what, 26 days away, 25 days away now from the first debate. And I still believe he'll be there. I still believe it. All right, let's go to a couple. Hey, you're on in Let's Be Heard. Hi, Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm well. How are you? Good. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. Um, I was just listening to your uh, monologue at the beginning, and I was wondering, are you familiar with Kim Iverson? Yes, somewhat, somewhat. Okay. Well, uh, today she had a show with uh, an interview with Brett Weinstein, and they were talking about um, RFK Jr. and Mm -hmm. how they think that if he takes the reins and uh, start like goes runs as an independent like now or soon, Mm -hmm. that he actually might have a shot as a third party. What do you think? Well, uh, Cornell West is already doing that, isn't he? He may be, but yeah, it I mean, won't matter. I mean, they can both be independent. Right? No, no, I understand that. I, I just uh, this, you know, people t- people wanted Bernie Sanders to do that, right? They wanted yes. to do it in, in 2016. They wanted him to do it in 2020, and he didn't do it. And I think a, I, I don't want to put RFK Jr. I don't want to call RFK Jr. a phony. I think Bernie's job in both cases was just to sheep herd people. Yeah, Hillary and Biden. I think Jimmy Dore was right about him. Yeah, absolutely. That 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 Hillary and Biden were such weak candidates that he was there to sheep herd people, and it worked. It really worked. I mean, Hillary even won the popular vote by three million. Um, Yeah. But uh, RFK Jr. I don't know. I I think the Kennedy name is so synonymous with Democrat Party that he's probably loath to do it. He says he, he 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 was asked directly and said no. From what I understand. You know, yeah. it, it's I, I do I get it? Not really, because in other words, I what I would have done is behind the scenes, of course, you don't want to embarrass people publicly. But behind the scenes, I would have had a talk with the DNC people and said, look, you know, my name is very powerful. You know that. And I could always run as an independent after the election, after the primary and take many votes away from from Joe Biden or whoever the nominee is, and I could help the Republican win and do that. 
unless you make this a fair primary where we have a certain amount that will agree to a certain amount of debates, two, three, four debates. It doesn't got to be 12 like the Republicans, but it could be a few debates. And um, I'm going to be treated fairly and you're going to give me a fair shot. And as long as I believe you're giving me a fair shot, I won't run uh, in the general election. Uh, I don't know why he hasn't done that. I mean, that, that would have been my play, you know. Yeah, let them know. I agree. Let them because, understand how powerful you are, and that you're no Bernie Sanders. Right, and exactly yeah. that's what they proved to us is that the DNC is its own. Uh, you know, like it, it polices itself; it's its own entity, so it can do whatever it wants. And we know, we all know that it wants it's up Hillary Clinton's ass, mm-hmm. so it's going to do whatever <laughs> she wants. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, it's, it's okay. very much the. It's very much still the party of Hillary. Yeah, I know. And, and corrupt as hell because of it. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think uh, your response, though, was really fair. Uh, you know, like that, that seems true. But and that was the main thing I was worried about is that he's not going to they're not going to let him. They, they'll, they'll lie, cheat and steal to keep him uh, from winning the primary. Well, and as you said, the, the Democrats are on record as saying it's, it's their primary. And if they want to rig it, they can rig it. They've said that in a court of law. Yeah, they said this exactly. is a general election. This is a party primary, and we can rig it if we want to rig it. And the judge backed yeah. them up and said, "Yeah, it's not a it's not a general election. So it's a it's yeah. an inter party election, which is why they have conventions." But someone said, I forgot who it was, that they believe that both conventions are going to be crazy this year. We'll see if that actually happens. We haven't had a crazy convention in a long time, you know, a contested convention. But it's very possible if you've got yeah. Uh, if you if if a, if a if Trump technically wins the primary, but he has all these legal problems, that there could be an issue where the Republicans have to do something at the primary to change things. And Biden being so weak, the same thing could happen at a Democratic primary. So we'll see. But if I were RFK behind the scenes, I would have said, "Look, I'm, if you treat me fairly, or else I'll run as independent, and you know you're in trouble if I do that." Why he hasn't done that? That's a question that I can't answer. Sure. Yeah, totally understandable. And it it would be understandable for him to not disclose that until, you know, or he writes a book later about it, I suppose. But I, 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 once I, again, my only uh, guess would be is that he's a Kennedy, he's a Democrat, and that's it. And he's not going to look yeah. to hurt his party in a general election. He's not going to want to help Trump or DeSantis. That, that's all that, that's all I can see. I mean, maybe that's yeah. maybe it's as simple as that. He's a loyal Democrat and they'll be loyal to them, even if they're not loyal to him. I don't get right. it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't spend the time and energy and money if I'm just going to get screwed in the end. I don't get it. I know. And especially, especially for what they've demonstrated over the past two cycles, you know, like there's I don't think there's any reformation uh, possible. I think it's it really needs to go in in the shit can of history, and we need to build something else back, you know, back up, and and actually have more than just the two parties because that that is such a scam, you know. They they always got us going, you know. They they can lie about anything and put on this stupid political theater and and have half the country believing, 
you know, uh, the sky is blue and the other half believe in grass is green and whatever. You know what I mean? Like not, but not actual truths. Two plus two equals five. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's all nonsense. It's all theater. It's all bullshit. And that's what drives me nuts. And, and like, just so you know, there's a, a different kind of Trump voter out there or possible Trump voter. It's, it's someone like me going to do it out of spite. I'm definitely not in the cult. I'm not a Republican. I, I have always leaned left, you know, my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I am just sick to death of it. And it, even if there's any possibility that he could uh, muck up the establishment plans, uh, I guess I'm going with that. It's it's like a, a last uh, a Hail Mary, you know. Well, I don't think he's once again, he had four years to muck up establishment plans and he didn't really do it. You know, I mean, he could have prosecuted Hillary. He could have tried to, right? He could have put his Department I of agree. Justice. Oh, on, I agree. He lied about Biden everything. His Department of Justice on Trump. He could have done the same thing, you know. Yeah. And if there's yep. anything there, you go for it. He didn't do it. Well, I he, believe uh, I used to watch Secular Talk, Kyle Klinsky. Yeah, and yeah, his, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like back when he was cool anyway. Yeah. I, yeah. And his assessment of Trump at that time. Uh, I still think is fair. I think it's true. He said that Trump may not be part of the establishment, but he wants to be. He wants their approval. Well, that's good. So, well, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that that, makes, that makes him almost not worth it. But like I said, it's a Hail Mary at this point. And you can only I just want the Ukraine war to be over. Yeah. Huh? You, can, you can only be anti-establishment once. I mean, you can, and then when you fail to be anti-establishment, you can't just come back four years later and say, hey, I'm anti-establishment again. He had yeah. four years to prove that, and he didn't do it. But he did. He did prove. He did prove it by not starting any new wars. And yeah. I, I understand. Like, want to put uh, say about Qasem Soleimani? I totally agree. But yeah. I honestly think Mark Milley uh, badgered him into it, talked him well, into I, it. I think a big reason why Trump didn't. There were no new wars. Was kind of um, incidental in that world leaders thought he was nuts mm. and, and were afraid to fuck around with them. That's why Putin waited to go into Ukraine yeah. until what? A year after a year, a year after he was gone. So Putin would have gone to Ukraine earlier if, if, if he, if he didn't, you know, Trump is with like the, you don't know what he's going to do. That, right. that element that kept all these other world leaders at bay. And they said, well, we'll just wait. He'll probably lose anyway, which he did. And then we'll take we'll do what we want once Biden's in or once once the Democrats in. So I think it was just yeah. him not being predictable and being kind of crazier than those other leaders that kept people at bay. And so yeah. once again, it, it was a product of his personality, I think, more than anything geopolitical or strategic. But the facts are the facts. And there weren't any new wars for four years. For sure. You know, so, yeah, I, I don't know if that would play out again, though, if he was president for another four years and they knew he only had one. See, that's another that's another bad thing about Trump is that he can only serve one term. So if he wins, yeah. you have another open election instead of having an incumbent like Ron DeSantis, who has the power of the incumbency. You you let the Democratic Party have another shot at it in 2028. So and all the world well, it depends on who his running also. mate is, though, too. Yeah. It depends on who his running mate is. It depends on who his running mate is. Because, like, if, if he were to start some kind of a dynastic, uh, you know, like the Kennedys did, 
like his whole family goes into politics or, oh, God, you know, I it's know definitely that. not going to be yeah. Pence again. What's that? No, 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 no. I know, no, I know. Be, yeah. No, you're right. Whoever is, whoever is vice president is, would probably be, if it were a successful four years, would be kind of a front right. runner to run in 2020. But you still don't have the power of the incumbency. You're still a lame duck right away. So it's it's, yeah. it's a weird situation that we've never really been in in this country. You know, so there's so many negatives that come along. There are so many negatives that come along with Trump. Even if you take away all the baggage and all the criminal yeah. stuff and all the indictments, there's still so much baggage. Well, you know. there's a lot of baggage with RFK, though. I mean, like with him being so up Israel's ass, it's like, wh- who, what country are you campaigning for president for, America or Israel? Everyone's yeah. got a little baggage, right? RFK's got that uh-huh. baggage. DeSantis has some baggage when it comes to the Iraq stuff. But, you know, it's like yeah. everyone's got a little bit of baggage, but not as no one has ever carried as many bags as Donald Trump has. You know, right. it's, it's just, that's just crazy. The idea, by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll read it later. He actually is on the record of saying today that if he were convicted and were behind bars, he would continue to run for president. How insane is that? <laughs> yeah, didn't Eugene Debs do that? Well, yeah, right? well, you know, yeah, I guess so. So did Mandela in a way, but right, he's, yes. he's no man. He's no Mandela, you know. No. So it's it's just it's just crazy. It's crazy that thirst for um, power, you know, where it's like you can't just see the writing on the wall. You're 80 years old. Just go away. Him and Biden, yeah. just go away. You're 80 years old. Look at the other 80 year old. He has a fucking mini stroke on television yesterday. It's come yeah. on, Mitch McConnell. Yeah, yes. The same thing with Diane Feinstein and and Nancy Pelosi. All these old motherfuckers should get out of the way and let the young take over. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's so funny it that we, we we see RFK as as young. He's almost 70. <laughs> but I know. But, but hey, he doesn't look 70. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's very fit. I know, I yeah, like that. You know, so it's funny, but it, it is it is kind of insane that we have this. Oh, yeah, Feinstein, did you see they had to tell her to vote? They were like, just say yes, just say yes. Uh, say yeah, yes. that's right, yes. She's like, what, yes. what am I doing? Am I, am yep. I not, what? And then she th- she didn't even know, she didn't even realize she was gone for two months. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's you know. It's crazy. She didn't know she was gone for two months. I know. Look, it's 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 not even it's really not even funny. It's kind of funny, absurd. Right. It's funny, absurd. These people should be home, retired, enjoying their final few years and not bugging the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're not having power. Most 80 year olds don't have power over the rest of us the way these people do. You know, it's it's that power they hold at that advanced age that's dangerous yeah and it's gross you know that's that's how it, yeah it, it like you said absurdist is the only way to look at it because otherwise these people this might be a silly question don't these people have one person close to them or in their family that say enough is enough are they afraid no, their family their family uh hungers after it too that's what i mean one person one good person in a family that says you know what Enough is enough. No, I mean, that's the culture. It's the culture that we have. You know, everybody is is in it for themselves. That's what capitalism incentivizes. You know, we definitely need some kind of uh, 
we need a spiritual reawakening, I guess. Oh boy. I think <laughs> you have a, I hope you're right. Hey, you know what? Thanks for the call. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. Good <laughs> have a good weekend. You too. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, let's go to, is this Shandai? Is that what I'm looking at? How's it going, Shandai? Shandal. I might get the Shandai or Shandal? Which one is it? Hello? Oh, maybe he's not there. He was waiting for a while, so maybe maybe he went away. I had him waiting for too long. All right. Oh, Bill just popped up. Let's 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 try this one more time. Let's try this one more time. Shandai, you there? Shandal, you there? If, we'll go back to him if he wants to come back on. But right now we'll go to Bill. Bill, how's it going, Bill? I give him the old razzle dazzle, <laughs> razzle dazzle. I love that. I love when you do that. Yeah, it's Friday. Let's sing a little bit. I know, it's your That's entertainment night. Well, how deep do we want to go? We want to go deep into the swamp, Mike? We want to go neck deep into the swamp, or we want to stay above it? I mean, oh, I'd love to stay too. above the swamp. I'd love to stay above the swamp. You know? I'd right. love to. I, I would right. love the swamp to go away. You know? I would like the swamp to just disappear. I like the swamp to... Doesn't the swamp dry out sometimes? <laughs> well, warming. you know, the problem we have is that the 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 right wait right again it's like uh george galloway says it's the right and left cheek of the same dirty ass brother so you know it's like the, the players change it's they're, they're just the puppets for the transnational pigs i mean you know it's all like it is oh, it's, to the so chase. Bad. it's so bad you know? i mean i you know i get what daniel was saying you know i know i do talk about the trump cult a lot i have my own trump derangement syndrome but what, well, what bugs me is that when something is so obvious, right? It's like so obvious. It's in front of you that w look at the blueprint coming up, and what happens if, if, if you know, if Trump were to be the nominee? Like, what, what's the uh -huh. end result of that? And these people truly believe that everyone else thinks like them. That's the problem. They think, oh, everyone else, including Democrats and independents, they believe it's a witch hunt, and they want to get their revenge too, and so they're going to vote for Mr. Trump because they know it's wrong and blah, 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 blah. And that's not the way everyone else works and thinks. Independents are not going to vote for a guy under 70 counts of indictment when they can vote for someone who doesn't have any <laughs> indictments. <laughs> so it's, it's like, it's so obvious. And of course the polling backs me up. I'm not just making, pulling out of my ass. He will lose independence 90 to 10 if he wins the primary. He's not. He has no chance of becoming president again. I mean, it's, it's such a feeble thing to believe this because you're so obsessed with a man. And it's not like they're obsessed with a 45-year-old, good-looking young guy. They're obsessed with this 80-year-old, bloated, grotesque being. <laughs> and I don't, I don't get it, Bill. I just don't get it. Well, I think, unfortunately... Uh... American politics is often um, uh, people vote based on whether they like people or not. Their personality. It's it's it's. I don't know what to describe it. It's bizarre. Would you, it's, um, would, you would you call tribal personality likable? No, I don't think that at all. But some people find them entertaining. <laughs> How you know? do you see him as likable? Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. Look, 
the um, the entertaining part, I find, was true for a while. But yeah. it, his, his act wore out, Bill. It's the same tired act. He needs, like a stand-up comic, he needs new material. And he's yeah. using the same old material. So even the entertainment value for me, which I believe existed for a while there, 2015, 2016, has worn out. Yeah, I mean, our politics, like we talked yesterday, most people are tired of it. Um, and that's why we don't get good turnouts. Uh, midterms are usually 35% of the population in the presence, just over 51% total population voting. People are fed up and sick and feel disenfranchised. I mean, let's tell it like it is. So a lot of people yeah, have t- tuned out uh, on time. You know. Look, well, look, no one's perfect. You know, as as she was talking about the last caller, she was saying that everyone's got their baggage. Right. RFK has got his yeah. things. DeSantis has got his. You're not going to find a human being in politics who's an adult who doesn't have some kind of baggage. We all have some kind of baggage. But there's only a certain, you know, you, you carry a, I, go, I like to, when I go on vacation, I like to carry you carry on yeah. the laptop bag. I mean, I don't like to be. You know, mire down with right, right. You see these families; they've they've got like thirty five bags and all these. I'm thinking, oh my god, how much did that cost? So there's a little bit of baggage you can deal with, but not as much as this guy. And well, mm-hmm. he gets more and more as he gets older. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, both both Biden and Trump, they're crime families. It's oh, tough like it too. is. Tons of yeah. baggage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think people are fed up with seeing. I mean. They all violate the emoluments clause, of right and left wing. But the, we're so sick and tired of of career criminals as our options. You know, as president, vice president, it's it's pathetic. And we look at the ongoings of the Biden family, and that and it's just sickening. So I think you know, uh, unfortunately, like Heidi said, the DNC is not going to allow RFK Jr. to be the nominee. We know that, um, which is frustrating um first the republican party i i think uh, truly desantis can beat trump in the primaries and i hope he does and uh a, that way his issues come the you know the longer this goes on as you said as daniel said i i heard about that report recently out of sweden on the blood uh markers on um myocarditis and uh yeah, actually, actually, it was Dr. John Campbell very emotional about it, very upset because he took the vaccine initially. He was like, "I can't believe we weren't told this." He was furious. You know, and, sometimes uh, I break my own rule, Bill, which is, and I've said it a million times on this show. I've said the Trump cult, whatever percentage they are, they're not going to change. So no, I can not. talk. You and I can talk about how this month by month. He's going to be proven more and more right on this. Yeah, doesn't, they're not going to care. But no. it could be seventy, seventy-five percent of voters who do care. Right. Yeah. And those are the people that have to be reached. And I think you're right. No, I think DeSantis will win this primary. It just I guess it shouldn't be so uh, it shouldn't be so tough to reach some of these people. And I just can't believe that they'll stick with this guy as the Titanic goes down and they'll just stay on the ship with him. In fact, they'll give him the lifeboat and they'll they'll stay on the ship sinking and they'll give him the lifeboat. I don't I don't get it. It's it's a very. But it's a very strong psychological pull that I don't have the knowledge to understand, I guess. 
Yeah, and I, I have to agree with Heidi on one level. I mean, I think if, if Trump, if it comes down to Biden and Trump, I would have to go with Trump, you know, if it came down to that. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want it to come down to that. I'd prefer mm-hmm. to have DeSantis and yeah. RFK Jr. You're also allowed even, not to vote. You're allowed. Oh, I know. I know. Well, I, I, I get it. But we need someone to get us out of the world, a, a health organization. Absolutely got it. Because their plans for the international health regulation amendments come the end of 2024 will have us all bound up in mask mandates and travel restrictions. Trump and, may or may not do that. He wouldn't even fire Fauci. And he still says he's the father of the great vaccine. So who knows? Yeah. We know that Ron DeSantis will. 100%. Oh, yeah. He stated so that. They both will. Yeah. They both will. Yeah, and then we need to have someone address the trans issue directly. This has got to stop. It's got to be, there's such a small percent of the population that it's so out of whack that, uh, that, you know, uh, the school systems are getting, and Heidi has kids and rightfully so. She's very concerned about the brainwashing her kids are experiencing, not only in school, but through the media. Yeah, Heidi's you know, got kids and a lot of parents are starting to really, you know, a lot of women, and this is yeah. the thing. You know, Trump does so poorly with suburban women. He really does. We don't talk about that enough. Suburban women don't like him. They, he, they, she, it's like um, he, they skeeve him. They don't like him. Part of it is the pussy thing. Part of it is that kind of stuff. But right. they don't like him. And that's a very dangerous group not to have. We, should, we have to have that group. We need that group now. Come on. That's the group that needs to be voting Republican. So if, if these if these white suburban women abandon Republicans in the general election. We're screwed. Yeah, well, we'll see. I think the more this goes on, uh, final, uh, the, uh, people will be frustrated. There'll be no debates uh, from the DNC. And and uh, I don't think anyone really wants to see Biden uh, as a, uh, the nominee again, and that, nor Kamala. She's turned out to be a clown. You know, it's just pathetic. It's just shocking that these are the options given. And uh, but well, it these, is just, these conventions could be interesting, right? Yeah, that might be a good point. Think about e- either way. Let's look at it just for a second, okay? The Democrats don't give RFK a fair sh- shake, and Biden right. is just a nominee as as normal, and he's not replaced. And then it comes the convention. There could be a lot, especially if the polling doesn't look good. Who knows if, if, the, if the nominee is not Trump, if it's DeSantis, they could get very nervous. There could be a big uprising at the Democratic convention. The same thing with the Republican convention. Either way, if Trump's the nominee and it looks bad because of these criminal charges, that there might be a uprising among the, the anti-Trump people, the DeSantis people. Or if DeSantis wins the primary fair and square, what's saying that these crazy Trumpers won't try to do something? at the convention. I think, I tell you honestly, I think uh, the more this goes on, the more information comes out about the vaccine-averse events, more studies. The scientists will look better and better to people. And and from what I understand, the bivalent vaccine uptake was very low, 15% or so, and most of those were people in nursing care facilities. Mm -hmm. So the vast majority of American are not on board with this any longer. Um, yeah, you see the new CDC director, same as the old, new boss, same as the old boss, said we need to have a flu and COVID shot every winter now. That's crazy. That's well, absolutely insane. And if you said yeah. that, if you said that three years ago, 
you got banned from social media for right, saying that would right. be the case. People who said that when this vaccine was being developed and when it first came out, that this is not going to be a two-shot thing. It's going to be every fucking right. year. Those people were banned as being conspiracy theorists, Bill. You know it. It happened well, constantly. Oh, I got, and here we are. Here we are. I got booted off Fable Book, and uh, I, I have the honor of being booted off Fable Book, uh, Telegram, and uh, Twitter. So all three. Here I am. Trifecta, you got the yeah, I got the trifecta, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway. Good for you. <laughs> Goes along with my criminal record, you know, four legal arrests in four years, you know. They got all dropped, too. So, listen, before I forget, because I know it's getting late, remember you yeah. asked me about uh, spike protein mitigation because you had a friend who had some... You had, you had to get it out of your system, yeah. Yeah, I found the most recent PubMed article on it, Mike, 2023, on mitigation and management of spike protein-related pathology. So I put that in the live chat for you. It's very thorough. So, it you know, that includes spike protein from the vaccine or, or from, well, I don't think anything really was happening with the virus substantial. But anyway, so it's spike protein management. It's there. Uh, the other things are more heavy duty. We can save them for next week. We were talking about um, Robert David Steele, ex-U.S. Marine Corps, and uh, CIA on the tra sex trafficking and the international a tribunal natural justice, but that's heavy. We, uh, how I was going to say, that's more of a Monday uh, thing, right? Yeah, we can, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I agree. I mean, you know, I just uh, loaded up that with information. Anyone in the chat can see it that uh, tunes into the room. And uh, it's important because we had the HHS whistleblower, uh, Terry Lee Rodas, came out on that issue at the border and how many kids go missing a year. Uh, so without getting deep into it, you know, she lost her job. Unbelievable. Woman steps forward, it's testifies. Terrible. I know. Yeah, yeah, it's yes. freaking unreal. Maybe uh, DeSantis, if he gets elected, will appoint her. You know what I mean? We need good people so. in there. Oh, by the know? way, but DeSantis also said that he would, um, he said he won't have RFK Jr. as a running mate, but which See. is understandable. But he said he would absolutely have him as a high cabinet member. The whole, like, oh, good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's uh, that's think about that right there. Yeah. Right. Having a Kennedy, a Republican who's willing to have a Kennedy in a high cabinet position in there. That that's, that's unheard of. Well, we need we need look at we need the parties to be working together to pass bipartisan legislation and move this country on, get out of the gridlock. And that's a perfect example. We could actually have them of the same cabinet. I think it's terrific. You know, so listen, thank you for taking the yeah, call. Yeah, have, a, have a good weekend. You too, Thanks, brother. Nicole, I appreciate it as yeah. always. Uh, what I really uh, want to do now, before I forget, it gets too late, is play some of these clips. Uh, by the way, if you're not following, if you're a DeSantis person, or if you're open-minded into being, right, this is, it's only July, this time here, right? Um, most of us won't vote for another six, seven, eight months. But uh, DeSantis War Room, at DeSantis War Room, is a very good account to follow. They put up a lot of this stuff. And you know, then you'll see other pro uh, DeSantis accounts. But this was um, an event in Des Moines, Iowa. Where else would it have been, right? How many events have there been already in Des Moines, Iowa, where all the candidates showed up and gave their speeches and tried to appeal to the voters? So let me see if I can. I want to try to. Okay, for look, those like oh, there we go. Shh, hold on one second, Ron. So this is DeSantis talking about um, 
a reckoning for those like Dr. Fauci and what he will do to people like Dr. Fauci when he becomes president. Dr. Fauci, who perpetrated COVID-19 lockdown and mandate policies, those policies were destructive for this country. They hurt people. They hurt our economy. And we still haven't fully recovered from it. You don't coddle bureaucrats like Dr. Fauci. You bring them in and you say you are fired and we are going to hold them accountable for what they did. Okay, so that's good. And as Daniel was saying, and he made a good point. What DeSantis just did there is he talked about a policy. He's going to he's not going to allow he's going to there's going to be a reckoning for the people who destroyed us during covid like Fauci. Okay, there's going to be accountability. But at the same time, he made a very, very subtle shot at Trump. Right. By saying you call them in, you don't coddle them. You call them in and you say you're fired. Wasn't that Trump's slogan? You're fired, right, on The Apprentice. So, and he didn't mention Trump's name at all. But what do we think of? We think of Trump hiring Fauci, not firing him, giving a medal, all that stuff, having pictures of him hugging and all this stuff and saying how great he is. That goes through our mind. And and, and DeSantis never had to say his name. So that's very clever. And that's probably the way it should be done, right? You get a policy point in and you take a very clever, pointed, smart dig at your opponent. Okay, Um, and he did it again here. Cue this up. Sorry, I have a little trouble queuing this stuff up. Okay, so this is uh, him talking about um, having served and being the once again, listen to this, being the only candidate who has served in a war. I'm proud to be the only candidate running for president on either side of the aisle this year that's actually served in a war. Uh, I served in Iraq uh, as a naval officer alongside Navy SEALs in Fallujah and Ramadi and places like that. Not exactly Club Med, but it was duty that called. And, you know, I had opportunities to do a lot of other things in my life. I was a blue collar kid. I worked minimum wage jobs, didn't necessarily have anything handed to me, but I put myself in a position uh, to do well. But then 9-11 happened. All volunteer forces that I need to do my part. Uh, so we serve. And when you wear the cloth of your country, you wear that American flag on your uniform, you serve beside fellow patriots and you serve a mission greater than yourself. Uh, that's a noble cause. I thank all the veterans in Iowa and throughout this country uh, who have worn the uniform, because at the end of the day, a veteran is somebody who at one point in their life has written a check payable to the United States of America for an amount up to and including that individual's life. That's a very good point. Now, we can argue all we want about how Iraq was a terrible war and we shouldn't have been there. That wasn't his call. He wasn't president. He was 20 something years old. Um, And uh, his part there is, you know, I don't know exactly, uh, uh, you know, the lawyer, Guantanamo Bay and so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is he served his country. Now, of course, who didn't? Donald Trump. Donald Trump got out because of his rich daddy, elitist rich daddy who got his son out of the war with a doctor writing a note that said he had flat feet. So there's a, two, there's a difference in, we're talking about conservatives. We're talking about a Republican primary here. This is not a Democrat primary. And of course, Democrats are not the party of anti-war. That's total bullshit. We know that. They have plenty of neocons in their party as well. But the fact of the matter is, how 
once again, I know Daniel's going to be upset. How do you, a cult member of Donald Trump, and call yourself a patriot? These people love calling themselves patriots, the Trump supporters, right? We're patriots. We're patriots. And yet they're supporting the guy who got his rich daddy to get him out of going into war against this guy who voluntarily went in because of 9-11. We heard the story from a lot of 20-something-year-olds and teenagers that they weren't even thinking about going into the military until we got attacked. On 9-11, then their sense of patriotism kicked in, and they went in. So as a, this is the tr- a true conservative would like this over Trump. Okay, a true patriot would go for this guy over Trump. That's the point. That's how hypocritical the Trump cult is. They're backing a guy who is not a patriot over an actual patriot, a guy who got his dad to get him out of war with flat feet compared to a guy who went in. A very smart guy. What is it? Harvard, Yale, as he's done anything. And he went into the military after 9-11. So I'd just like to point out the hypocrisy of the Trump voter. The great thing about DeSantis, as you're hearing, and I've played many times before, and I will many more times, is that he's very succinct in his comments. He's very strong. He's, he knows what he wants to say. He knows how to make a point in about 30 seconds. He's very good at that. He stays, what do we say with these candidates? You're on message or you're not on message. He stays on message. And he doesn't let, and I've seen it. People like me interview him and they'll say, Trump says this, Trump says that. And he'll, he'll go like, huh? And then he'll start talking about something else. He won't get into the back and forth schoolyard insults that Donald Trump has. He'll do that. Uh, but Jesse Waters was interviewing him a couple of days ago, and he said, Trump, there are more accounts. He's going to be indicted. Does that help your campaign? When Jesse Waters knows very well that it helps Trump every time he gets indicted, not DeSantis. And DeSantis just smiled, little smile, and went on to talk about how a weaponized Department of Justice hurts the country, and there won't be any weaponization. So he went right into the policy point and didn't get into the back and forth of his campaign and Trump's campaign. And if uh, Trump's the, the soap opera around if Trump's issues help him or not. So it's very good of staying on point, even when there are some that want to try to get you off your point. So he's very good at that. Um, uh, he talked about Biden and so here, here's a, here's a good one. Here's another one. This was not at the event. This was in a private gathering. This is why you got to go to, we have to go to Iowa. We have to, I want to get a road trip going to Iowa. Who wants to be involved in that? Who wants to go on the road to Iowa and, and listen to some of the candidates and talk to them and who wants to do a road trip? Imagine this group with a road trip to Iowa. Oh God. I don't know if we'd ever make it to New Hampshire. Okay. Let's see. Let's go. I'm going to try to cue this one up here. This is um, this is more like kind of directly talking about policy disagreements with Trump. Why not engage on the top? Have to be in the Well, we we have um, we have engaged. You know, when 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 appropriate. Um, me litigating. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a legal commentator litigating that. But there have been issues where you know he attacked me for. Um, voting against an amnesty that he was proposing when he was president. 
Uh, I oppose the amnesty. He tried to do a two, two million person amnesty. We've been very clear on that. Uh, he promised to eliminate the national debt when he ran for president. He added almost $8 trillion to the national debt. In Florida, we've actually reduced our state debt since I've been governor by almost 25%. We've been very clear on that. We've been very clear on the disagreements we have about bureaucrats like Dr. Fauci. Uh, he left, he elevated Fauci, he left him in there, he did not fire him, and I would have done just the opposite. So, so those are things, I think, that are important for our voters to be able to take a look at. Uh, but I think that impacts their lives, and it impacts issues that the next president's going to have to tackle. That's different than trying to, to litigate, you know, the latest superseding indictment. That's just not, not what I'm here to do. You see, she wanted to talk about Trump's baggage and his indictments and soap opera, and he very cleverly said, no, that's not my job. I'm not here. I'm not his lawyer. I'm not, a, I'm not here to talk about his indictments. That's what they want him to do. That's what the Trump campaign and a lot of people on the, on the left and right want him to do, which is get mired into every time something happens to Trump, every time another indictment, he has to talk about the indictment. Why? It's not his business. That's Trump's problem. That's Trump's problem. So say on the issues, and like you said, on the policy issues of this, that, and the other thing, this is where I disagree with him and would do things differently. And that's where he's going to stay on message. On message. Leave it to me. I'll, he, DeSantis knows there are plenty of Micah Chopleys with podcasts who will go after Trump and talk about his cult and talk about the indictments and get into that stuff because of mod five days a week and nothing else to talk about. But he doesn't have to do that. All right. He does not have to do that. He could simply stay on message. And that's what he's doing. And so let's is there one more here? Part of the reason our country struggles is because DC Republicans are Yeah, I guess this is a good one. This is a good one. The, oh, this is more about uh, Kamala and Kamala lying about his policy in Florida. Kamala, the border czar, who doesn't go to the border, but goes down to Florida to lie about DeSantis's, the Florida's new policy with regarding to teaching race in schools. What do you think about what Tim Scott said? You know, I think part of the reason our country has struggled is because uh, D.C. Republicans all too often accept false narratives, uh, accept lies that are perpetrated by the left, and to you know accept the lie that Kamala Harris has been perpetrating even when that has been debunked. Um, that's not the way you do it. The way you do it, the way you lead, is to fight back against the lies, is to speak the truth. So I'm here defending my state of Florida uh, against false accusations and against lies, and we're going to continue to speak the truth. What do you Right, so there it is again. Not getting into any back and forth about Tim Scott, who's a fake candidate, like Vivek is a fake candidate, like half of them are fake candidates. Um it's a, there's no reason to go after them. There's no reason to do that. Byron Donalds, right? He's another one. He's another Trump shill. A couple of years ago, he puts out a tweet saying how horrible Trump is. Now he's up his ass, and he's doing the same thing. He's like 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 the says. They they embrace these fake narratives instead of against the fake narratives. They embrace it. They are fooled by it, right? And they get into the muck and mire instead of just saying no. This is not true. This is the truth. And so there's that on that issue. Um, Kamala Harris is an easy. He doesn't even have to go after. She's so disliked, right? 
even among Democrats, she's disliked. That there's no reason to really go after her. There's no reason to do it. He just has to protect his state and their policy and his belief in that policy and what that policy actually says, right? Like you can't teach gender dysmorphia to kindergartners. Nothing to do with don't say gay. It's don't teach about mutilating your bodies K through two. That's it. We don't, they don't need to learn about that K through two, right? You don't, even, you don't need to learn about racism K through two. You need to learn about how to fucking talk, how to read, how to, how to converse with people. That's what you need, okay? And where are we in this country? The bottom of all countries? Even though Florida is the top of all state, the country as a whole sucks. So this is what we should be teaching kindergarten, how to talk, how to read. So that's what he does. He just supports his policies. That's it. Here's what, let me do one more. We'll get John. Hey, hey, guys. Hey, as John, hey, yeah, uh, just a few minutes. Yeah, John Williams and the Boston Pops just came in. They're going to play me into my film review. Uh, you know, I'm talking about my favorite person, Ron DeSantis. I know you're a Democrat, John. I knew you were a guy. I know, I know, I know, I know. By the way, you people run Hollywood. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, so, yeah, don't want him to leave. But, yes, okay, let me just get to this one. This is DeSantis talking about um, Florida and winning, winning elections, basically. I guess this is another Iowa event. Election, saying this. This Well, this is a little story. Well, should I play this? All right. This is this snippet on CNN. DeSantis is zeroing in on his message of electability, making the case he's the only one in the primary who can win in a general election, saying this when asked how he'll convince Trump supporters to support him instead. In Florida, he won by three, I won by 20. We're not getting a mulligan on 2024. Uh, you either go, you get the job done, uh, or you don't, and so I will get the job done. Well, all right, but well, that's basically, we, we've seen this before. This is, this is the point I've made a million times, right? Which is that Trump only loses elections. DeSantis wins elections. That's the, that's the bottom line, right? Trump is a loser and DeSantis is a winner. Now, most importantly, we look at the swing states, right? Like how did Trump's candidates do in swing states back in November that are going to be very important next year in a general election? Well, all of his endorsed candidates lost in swing states, right? They only won in states that are now really deep red, like Ohio, right? But when you look at the swing states like Arizona, like Georgia, like Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, Dr. Oz, uh, they all lost, showing how vulnerable he is and how disliked he is in those swing states, those same purple states that are going to be needed to win in the general election, which is why Trump can't win, which is why you'll see this said, and I've said it many times, he has no path to 270. Sometimes people ask me, what does that mean, Mike? He has no path to 270. That means a roadblock? Yeah, the roadblock is those swing states, those those purple states. He can't win them, proven by the fact that he, like, just lost them to Joe Biden and all of his candidates in 2018, in 2020, in 2022 lost in those in the swing states because he's not liked there because the Trump name 
the Trump brand in the purple states is poison. And he's right. DeSantis is right. Trump won by just under three points against Biden in in 2020 in Florida. DeSantis won by 20 points. 20 points. Okay. So he did much, much better in Florida than Trump did. And this is just the case that he's more electable than than Donald Trump. That's what it comes down to. And, you know, he's going to have to convince people of that. That's part of his. Right. I mean, we know that we're in tune, man. We're in tune, baby. You know, and we get we understand. But there are a lot of people there that aren't. So they're like, why? They're, believe it or not, this sounds crazy, <laughs> but there are a lot of people, a lot of people out there who don't follow this as closely as we do. And so they're going to think. So if I said to the lay person, Ron DeSantis is a much better shot of beating Joe Biden in general election. The lay person will say to me, why? Why? I don't, I don't understand why. And so I got to tell them why. What I just told you. I hope they understand. And that's what Ron DeSantis is going to have to do because there are a lot of people in this country who are just very ignorant and need to be told. Let me just play this one thing. Then we're going to go to the movie review. But this is – I hope the volume's okay. This is just a, a quick compare and contrast. Line uh, put this up on Twitter. First DeSantis, then Trump. Compare and contrast. And according to Peter and myself, there's really no choice. Here, let's see if I can play this. We will usher in a reckoning for those like Dr. Fauci who perpetrated COVID-19 lockdown and mandate policies. Those policies were destructive for this country. They hurt people. They hurt our economy. And we still haven't fully recovered from it. You don't coddle bureaucrats like Dr. Fauci. You bring them in and you say you are fired and we are going to hold them accountable for what they did. In the newest echelon wing states, we're trouncing Biden by seven points. In the big new premise poll, we're beating Biden 43-39, while DeSantis is losing to Biden 33-38. In other polls, I'm leading Biden by six, seven, eight, seven points, while DeSantis is losing to Biden in all cases. I wouldn't take a chance on that one. I'm leading in the primary polls by 50 and 55 percent against him and others. And someone brought up the point that if the best argument you have for running for president is you're winning polls in July, by the way, he's cherry picking those polls. Uh, most polls show Biden beating him by five to ten points. Most legit polls. You know, he's like my the Mar-a-Lago poll from Johnny jo- from uh, Joey Boombots, Vinny Boombots says I'm up by 32, 31. He's just picking polls that no one's even heard of. But that's it. Ron DeSantis is there talking about actual issues, talking about holding people accountable. And this guy is reading off a list of polls. There's numbers. This guy's obsessed with numbers. He's a, he's a typical, like, dumb jerk American. He's obsessed with, like, numbers. The higher number wins, right? I've got the higher number. I got my team wins. My football team has a higher number than yours. My... So, obviously, I agree with Peter Hyland. <laughs> There's no choice between the two. Oh, boy. Okay. 
Let's see. Let's see. Do I want to play something else? Or maybe I should. John, are you, uh, John, are you ready? Do you need me to vamp? This is called vamping, right? Do that in your business, right? Talk shows, vamping. Need me to vamp a little bit before you guys get ready. Um, well, I'll have one movie to review for you tonight. Does anyone want me to see Barbie? Do I need to see Barbie and bring you the review of Barbie? Are you going to make me do that? Are you going to make me go through that? Do I have to see Barbie? Or do I not have to see Barbie? Who knows? By the way, I should always... I never do this. And I don't know why I don't do this. But I should give out my Twitter account. is at Kachopoli Mike. All right? Mike Kachopoli. I think I'm the only Mike Kachopoli on Twitter. Yeah. At, so it's at Kachopoli Mike. At Kachopoli Mike. And to spell it? Do I have to spell my name? It's a C-A-C-C-I-O-double-P, as in Peter, O-L-I, Mike. Would you say, Daniel, a vamp is a repetitive what? What is that? A vamp is a repetitive... A vamp is a repetitive harmonic progression. A short repetitive progression. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> That's all right. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I'll have to look over my head. That must be a Berkeley thing because it's over my... Okay, I think... I think Anyway, I think the vamping is over. I think they're just about ready. Right, guys? You ready? Almost? Ready to go? You sure? You ready? Whoop, whoop. You going to get it going? All right. They're ready. Okay. Anyway. Wait, do you want to keep going? Anyway. Uh, I got you. You wanted to fade out. I get it. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right. So, no, I didn't see Barbie. Maybe I will in the future if I have nothing else to do. Um, but the film I did see is called Talk to Me. Um, and this is a hard, it's, a, it's a film out of, uh, out of Australia. And it was at the, I believe, at an Australian film festival where it got some legs. And uh, this is one of those really, really solid horror films because they're about something more than just like scaring the shit out of you, even though this does scare the shit out of you. I mean, it really does. This film is so well made. And it's one of those rare horror films that's actually scary. It actually gets, it, it like burrows under your skin and it stays it really does. Um, the premise is, is that it's a group of young people in Australia and they uh, go online, social media, and they find these kids that have this, this like, it looks like a ceramic hand. And they've been putting these videos, they've been putting these videos on 
line where they have these little sessions, almost like seance like sessions where they, 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 they sit in the chair uh, and you sit in the chair and they put a belt around you to make sure you can't get out of the chair. They tie you in and you hold the hand. And when you hold the hand, you say, talk to me and you see a spirit from the other side. All right. And then you have to say, I let you in. And then the spirit goes into your body and you become the spirit. And the way this game works, you know, all these things have to be set up in the game is that you get 90 seconds because if it goes longer than 90 seconds, the spirit wants to stay inside you. So up to 90 seconds, they, 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 they actually time it. And then the spirit, once they take the hand away and they blow out a candle, the spirit goes away. So that's the game here, right? That's the setup. And so these kids see this online and they think, of course, they see it on social media. They think it's all a game. They think it's fake and they want to see for themselves. So they end up going to this house where the people host this thing. And one by one, they take their turns conjuring up spirits. But of course, as we know, children shouldn't play with dead things. Remember that movie? Children shouldn't play with dead things. And of course, it's not so simple as getting rid of the spirits in 90 seconds. The spirits have a way of, things have a way of going awry and the spirits end up staying with some of them and coming into their world. Um, it's directed by two brothers, the Philippou brothers, Danny and Michael Philippou. And what makes it work so well is that they take it past this gimmick premise, right? It could have been just a gimmick thing, right? And even though the, the setup is great and we know the parameters and they have a lot of fun filming this stuff and it's actually very well filmed. And what makes it work is the act, the young actors, these young Australian unknown actors, I don't know any of them, are so good that the performances are so fantastic that we believe their possessions when they are possessed by these spirits. And that makes it work. If it wasn't believable, if it seemed fake, it really wouldn't work. So the acting is really important. And they get these great young actors and they do a fantastic job. And it's actually very frightening if they're possessed, even though the filmmakers have fun with it also. Um, of course, until things go really bad. But that's what makes it great is that they take it past this gimmick stage and they take it into another level where it uh, it becomes more about things like uh, self-worth, uh, depression, suicide. There's one of the main, the main character's mother supposedly died of a suicide. And so she's been carrying that baggage with you. So you can imagine without giving it away, one of the spirits that comes back in her existence, in her life. It's also, there's also, uh, a family unit, which is played by, we have a brother and sister, uh, in the film, and the young brother is played by a kid named Joe Bird, who I've never heard of before. And he's fantastic. And he has a big part in the film also because he is he's possessed and he ends up in a uh, doing horrible damage to himself in, in a coma. So there's a lot around that also. But they take it to such a, a, a deeper extent where you really begin to think about the film. And after you see it, it stays with you. It really does. You start to think about the themes here of, of conjuring up the spirits and playing that game. And then having to also deal with that. And the fact that even deeper thoughts of that one day we'll be on that other side as well, right? The other side. Maybe one day we'll be on the other side and people will be conjuring us up. So maybe we shouldn't laugh at that so much. Maybe we shouldn't laugh at the spirits and deride them so much. It gets very deep into a lot of different issues 
that really get under your skin that make you think about our existence, um, the baggage that we carry with us, I guess, both the living and the dead, and how when you start to mix, mix those two worlds, the things can go pretty awry. And taking it past that gimmick stage is probably what separates it from a lot of maybe cheesy American films, where it would have just stayed with the, this gimmick of, 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 of uh, holding the hand and conjuring up the spirits. But after the film sets that up, it goes into a lot of deeper, darker, and it's really well made. Great acting, great cinematography, perfectly directed, and, and scary, which horror films should still be scary. Okay, so I'm going to recommend, highly recommend, talk to me. I want to remind everyone that you should see Oppenheimer. See Oppenheimer, all right? You don't have to see Barbie if you don't want, but see Oppenheimer. And uh, also, if you want a, 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 you know, a well-made horror film, go see Talk to Me. John, do you want to play me out? I only had one film. I only went like 10 minutes. So can you – I can't pay overtime. So Okay, you'll, you'll play me out? Okay. <laughs> Nothing to do anyway, right? You're all on strike. I don't know why you're even here. But okay, John's going to play me out. Thanks. All right, John, thank you for playing me out. I appreciate it so much. And with that ends another week of And Let's Be Heard, another week. Um, I want everyone to have a great weekend. Um, stay tuned to the news, but, you know, do some fun stuff too. Got to keep it light. Like I said, these summer weekends are fading away, so let's enjoy it. And I will be right back here on the other side of the weekend on Monday night because this show airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern Time. Okay? And the name of the show is And Let's Be Heard. So have a great weekend, and I'll see you Monday night. But until then, this is Micah Chopley reminding you that your influence counts. Use it. <laughs>